Okay, so today's daf is Kaf Gimel in Masechet Psachim. We are where we left off, um, <coughs> which is, uh, if you look at the Kaf Bet Amud Bet, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 lines from the bottom of the page, or you could go uh, 4 lines from the wide lines. Vare Orla. Orla is the, first, the fruit of the first 3 years of a tree. So this is also prohibited to eat. And the question is, It says that the fruit is arelim. It is orla, uh, and it can't be eaten. And it says, All I know from arelim is that you're not allowed to eat it. Right? How do I know that you also can't benefit from it? So what do you see from this? This is going to be a difficulty for Rabbi Abahu because again, we're continuing for the third day on the topic of uh, whether when the Torah says not to eat something, it includes, it implies also not benefiting or whether, uh, and therefore you would need to have a pasuk to exclude benefit uh, and allow it or the other way around that eating, not eating means not eating and, and if you want to add a dimension of um of not benefiting, so then you need a separate pasuk for that. So this implies that just saying lo yachel that it can't be eaten is a uh, means not to eat it, right? But how do you know you can't uh, benefit from it? You can't color with it; use it as a dye, you know, to uh, to to uh, to color things um, or to uh, to light with it to use it for fl- for fire. So it says Talmud Lomar. And then it says, There are three times that it's called, called uh, Orla. These three psukim are emphasizing that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, lo, that, so there's two things, and then, which comes to tell you that you're not allowed to benefit from it in any way. In other words, the emphasis, the multiple times of the word Arel, is to emphasize that you can't benefit from it at all. So the question is, So you're saying that the reason why you can't benefit from it is because three times it's emphasized how prohibited it is. So So that's very difficult for Rabbi Abba because that implies that if I just had the words that I could not eat the Orla, so then I wouldn't know that I couldn't benefit from it. It's not implied in the word Achila that I can't benefit from it. So therefore, so the olam lo yachel mashma binisur achilah binisur ana. Really, and the truth is, because here it says yeachel, I guess it would also be a challenge even for not just for Rabbi Abahu, because we said before that Chizkia also says that lo yachel would imply not benefiting, right? Not just, uh, not just uh, because in a case of lo tochlu or lo tochal or or lo yochal. So in all those cases, Chizkia says that it doesn't imply. Um, it doesn't imply benefit. But here, Ye'achel, usually even he would agree that implies that you're not allowed to benefit from. So it would be difficult for both of them, actually, it seems like, right? So, But it's different there because it says, uh, it says the word Lachem there. Um, it says, you So if it says Lachem, so the implication is that... Um, that you're allowed to benefit because, because it says Lachem, it's yours. So you might think... Uh, since it says lachem, 
you might think you're allowed to benefit from it, and that's why it says lachem. It's lachem arilei means that you're allowed to benefit from it, just not eat it. Therefore, kamashmalan. Therefore, it's coming to tell you that you cannot benefit from it at all, and that is both. You need that according to both chizkia and Rabbi Yibal, like we said, because even though the general question about whether eating includes benefit. Is between is between Rabbi Abau and Chizkia. When it comes to what Lo Yeachel, seemingly that is you know they both agree, would agree in in those cases because the case of Chametz is Lo Yeachel Chametz, and that's where Chizkia says that benefit is included in prohibition. So but now that we have Arilim so many times, so Lachem Lamali. So what is the point of the pasuk lachem then? Because you're telling me that you need the the, the Torah to emphasize that you're not allowed to benefit from the Ola. So then why doesn't it just come out and say, uh, what, what do you need the word lachem for? You're, you're telling me the reason why it has to say orla so many times is because since it says lachem, it's going to confuse you and make you think you can benefit from it. Okay, so then don't say the word lachem. What do you need the word lachem for? It just confuses things. So it says, it's for the following right. That lachem comes to tell you that even if the, the tree is planted for the public, in other words, it doesn't belong. Lachem is the plural you. Okay? On Long Island, we call it you's guys. Right, the you, but in, you know that uh, it's a, it's a plural you lachem, but in proper English there's no distinction between the uh, between the you and you for yachid uh, and rabbi, but in Hebrew there is. So lachem means all of you. So that means that even etz shel rabim. In other words, even if you have a park that they make an orchard, the public uh, a park, it's also subject to orla. Rabbi Yehuda Rabim. He says, no, it's the opposite. It's excluding Hanatul Rabim, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that actually a public uh, tree would not be subject to Ola. So, where does the Tanakama get his idea? Really, Untatem uh, implies each and every individual. There's a, you know, when you read the Torah and you read, when it speaks plural, um, sometimes you can interpret that as talking about the group, and sometimes you can interpret that as kol echad v'yachad, you know, even each individual. Like, usvartem lachem, you know, when we do usvirat haomer, it means each and every individual, not, not one. So, uh, so this thing, untatem means really in the individual, mashma, rabim lo mashma, but it wouldn't include uh, the group. So, katavachmana lachem, lavitanatul rabim. So that's why the Torah then says lachem to mean that even if you have a communal set of trees or tree, it's also subject to Ola. Rabbi Yehuda says the other way. He says, Rabbi Yehuda, untatem mashma bin rabim ben yachid. I say, no, I say that the word untatem could mean individual or public. Vilachem ben yachid ben rabim. Right, so therefore what? So that means, And similarly, the word lachem can be interpreted as each and every one of you, or it can be interpreted as all of you, right? So therefore, it is a double ribuy. And ironically, that we always say that when the Torah gives you a double emphasis, it's usually not to include, since it already included it once. If it includes it twice, just like a double negative leads to a positive, a double positive can lead to a negative. So by including it two times, it's actually excluding it according to Rabbi Yehuda. That we mean a public tree is not subject to Allah. Of course, that's not the halacha. But the, but the point is there that the word lachem serves some halachic purpose related to the status of public tree, publicly owned trees, uh, communally owned trees, either to tell you that they are uh, that they are subject to the rule or they aren't subject to the rule, but the, it's different. But the word lo yeachel actually, whether according to Chizkia or according to Rabbi Abba, really would include the rule that you cannot benefit from the fruit, so you wouldn't be allowed to sell them either or anything like that. And now another example. So where, if it's rot on the tree... You have to, yeah. You wouldn't be able to. Uh, you wouldn't be able to use them for any benefit. You could leave them there, let animals take it if they want. 
והרי תרומה דרחמנה אמר, וכל זר לא יאכל קודש. תרומה, it says, וכל זר לא יאכל קודש, אני נן כהן נזנת עליו תאית קודש, and it's referring there to תרומה, ותנן מערבין לנזיר ויענו לסיל בתרומה. yet it says, and we learned in מסכת ערובין, that a נזיר can actually use wine for his ערובי תחומין. if he wants to set a place, you know, we talked talk about extending the תחום uh, further than when you're, where you're allowed to walk on Shabbat. so if the נזיר wants to do that with wine, he could leave wine in the spot and it's good enough. and if, the, if a, a Yisrael wants to use תרומה, he could put תרומה there. and the reason is because in both of these cases it's possible to do Shelat Chacham or to do Hatarat Nedarim basically and to release the item for your use. It's not a prohibited item to everybody. It's still on a level permitted. It's only prohibited because you uh, became a Nazir or because you took upon, you decided to designate this as Truma, but actually you can do Hatarat Nedarim and remove the status of Truma and choose something else to put as Truma if you want. So therefore, it's not an absolute prohibition, but the point is you can benefit from it, even though right now it's truma, right now it is wine, and you're not allowed to, to, to consume it, but you see that you're allowed to use it for Eruvet Chumin, so you're allowed to benefit from it. So, because it calls the truma, your truma. Now, actually, that pasuk is talking about the Levi, who separates the truma from his maaser. He takes 10% from the 10% that he gets and he gives it for, for tru- what's called Trumat Maser. But either way, it's the same thing. The point is, Trumat means that you are allowed to benefit from the Trumat even though you're not allowed to eat it. So that's why, Kol Zar Lo Yochal Kodesh. Now again, Chizkiah would say, that doesn't mean anything. Because Lo Yochal Kodesh means you're not allowed to eat it. Right? But I, it doesn't say anything about benefit. But Rabbi Abahu would have a problem because Rabbi Abahu says every time it says don't eat something, it means don't benefit. So that means that Truma, where it says Lo Yochal Kodesh, automatically means you're not allowed to benefit. So, why, so you need a Pasuk of Truma Tchem, it's yours, to tell you you could benefit. Ve'idach. What about the other side? Now notice this time, it has to ask on Chizkiah because before Chizkiah and Rabbi Abahu were both bothered by the fact, both should have assumed that Lo Ye'achel of Orla was prohibited in benefit. But this time with Truma, it would be a difference because Chizkiah would say the Pasuk Lo Yochal, right? Lo Yochal Kodesh means uh, only not to eat it. So he, he doesn't need a Pasuk to tell you you're allowed to benefit from it. So what do you need Truma Tchem for according to Chizkiah? Truma Tchem de Kol Yisrael Kamar. Don't take it so literally. It just means each and every one of you have Truma that you have to give. It doesn't, it's not telling you you're, you're allowed to benefit from it. That's obvious because it never said you weren't allowed to benefit from it. It says regarding the Nazir uh, that he's not allowed to eat anything. He's not allowed to eat the seeds of the grape. He's not allowed to eat the Zag, uh, is the, uh, is the, um, the, the skin, right? The skins of it, you're not allowed to, right? And yet it says that the Nazir, you're allowed to use wine for his Erovet Chumin. So what does that show you? That shows you. That even it says lo lechol, the Torah says not to eat it, and then so therefore, according to Rabbi Abahu, that should include also not benefiting from it. And he gave us a pasuk to say you're allowed to benefit from truma because it's truma tchem, but it doesn't say that you're that the nazir is allowed to benefit. So Amar nizro, because it's called nizro, his nizirut shelo meaning whatever is prohibited in Nizirut still belongs to him. He still has the right to benefit from it in other ways, just not to consume the wine. So Rabbi Abba says there's a special pasuk exempting him from that. Rav Amar Kadosh He says there's another pasuk. It says he should be holy. Gadel peras arosho. Gidulo kadosh. kadosh. He says that from the fact that when it describes the Nazir as kadosh, it says he should grow his hair long. 
That means his hair is what is Kadosh, but everything else is not Kadosh, meaning the wine is not Kadosh. It's not that he can't benefit from it. It's just that he's not allowed to drink it. His hair, actually, he has an Isur Hana'ah. You're not allowed to benefit from the Nazir's hair. They have to burn it. They burn it in the end, right? Right, so you're not allowed to benefit from it, but everything else you are. But the Gemara asks, Where are you getting that from? Just because it says in the Pasuk about talking the, saying that the Nazir is holy, that uh, it talks about his hair, that means that everything else is, is, is allowed to be, he's allowed to benefit from it. Where do you get that from? The better answer is that Mozutra says that it says Nizro. He is Nizirot, which means that he has access to those items. He's allowed to benefit from them. He could be in the wine business. He, could be, he, can, he can have a liquor store, but he's just not allowed to drink it. Okay, so the so the uh, Wait, and, and that, be okay. in the same room with the wine. No? no, there's no such. Room. It says you tell the nazir don't go into the vineyard, but that's just a figure of speech. It's saying you know it doesn't. He won't be able to go in any room. What, what room will he be? He won't be able to come to anyone Shabbat dinner. It just means that it just means that it's a it's a figure of speech. It means you tell a person to avoid trouble. You know, but the but anyway, the point is that for each time it says that a person can't eat something, Rabbi Abau needs a pasuk. To let them out of being able to benefit from it, okay? And again, the new grain. This person can parsat emor. You're not allowed to eat the new grain, right? But it says you're allowed to cut it down the shachat. Now, uh, meaning that when it's uh, when the gra- the grain is unripe, you're allowed to cut it. Um, it's not really considered to be a uh, harvesting because it's too young and therefore it's really like almost like clearing the area. It's not really, not really considered harvesting. And also, you're also the way Rashi interpreted it is it's too halachot. You're allowed to clear it away, but you're also allowed to give it to the animal even if it's fully formed chadash, meaning even if it fully grew out of the ground, you're allowed to feed it to your animal, meaning you're allowed to benefit from it. It says, you're... Harvest, which means it should belong to you. Now again, this is something where only Rabbi Abau needed a pasuk because Chizkiah would say, all it says is you can't eat chadash. Who said you couldn't benefit? Of course you can feed it to your animal. You don't need a pasuk for that. Uh, Rabbi Abau says, no, it's your, it's your harvest. It means that you're allowed to benefit from it. So now the question is, what will Chizkiah do with the word? It's just telling you, it's speaking in the way of the language of the Torah, which is it's talking to the collective group. It doesn't mean to say anything about benefit. Right? It's just saying all of you guys have, uh, are harvesting. It's, it's not, it doesn't mean anything. What about shratzim? The creepy crawlies. So the Torah says, Sheketz ulo yachel. They are, uh, you know, they are, Sheketz uh, uh, is like uh, condemned. You know, lo yachel. They cannot be eaten. Utnan, taitei chayav ofot v'dagim. Shnezdenu minin t'meim. Mutarin mochan lenochrim. And yet, if somebody is a trapper of wild animals, birds, fish, and he catches, let's say, I don't know, worms, or whatever. He might, he might catch uh, oysters. He might catch other non-kosher uh, things. He's allowed to sell them to non-Jews. Okay? So, what do you see? Even though it says, Lo ye'achil, you're not allowed to eat shratzim, and these are sh- shratzim of the water. Right? And yet, what? This will be a question on both. Uh, because it says, Lo ye'achil here. Yeah. It says, Lo ye'achil. Shake it to Lo ye'achil is the pasuk, no? Yeah. Yeah. So, the... Uh, so yeah, because there it says lachem, right? lachem is, is I think it's the pasuk right after that actually, right? Uh, yeah, it's the uh, no, it's not actually. They say right? It's another pasuk. So uh, in any case, so then it says uh, so therefore you're allowed to benefit from it. 
Now, Shalachemye, Iyach, Ever Lechatchila, Nami, so then why can't you just be an oyster uh, farmer and go get oysters and sell them or go get lobsters? So you should be able to do that. It says, Shaneacha, Namaka, Yihyu, Bahavyatanyu. That's why it says, Yihyu, they shall be, meaning they should be the way that they are. Meaning to say, you shouldn't go Lechatchila, uh, ideally, because uh, it says sheketz yulachem, it should be something that you keep away from. That you, you know, you it's abominable to you. Keep away from it. The point is that you shouldn't be involved with it. But if it comes up and now you have it, you might as well sell it. You know, you didn't go out doing it ideally to uh, to go into the business of being like Rashi says. In osin lo bin velot utrefot ramasim. The Mishnah says in Masechet Shvi'it, you're not supposed to be in the business of selling non-kosher food ideally. But if it happens that you end up with it. That doesn't mean, let's say you ordered something, it turns out it's non-kosher. It comes in the, comes in, it turns out non-kosher. Or you get something in the snack vending machine, it comes out and you look at it and you realize it was non-kosher or whatever. So you don't have to throw it away. You're allowed to give it or even sell it <coughs> to somebody else. Ostrich farm is forbidden? Ostrich is not kosher. No, you wouldn't be able to raise it for food. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be allowed to have uh, far unless there's some other purpose that they're raising it for. I don't know besides food. I'm not sure. That's yeah. yeah. So the only thing is, according to Rabbi, we have one problem here because according to Rabbi Abahu, we understand why you need the word lachem because you, the word lo yachel automatically anytime it says not to eat, right? So it's going to end up being needing some permission to benefit. But for a Chizkiah, who says, Lo Ye'achel specifically comes to include the prohibition of benefit. It could have just says, lo, said, Lo Yochal or Lo Tochlu, and it wouldn't have meant benefit. So why go out of your way to say, Lo Ye'achel, which includes benefit, and then say, V'shekitzu Lachem, to allow you benefit. According to Chizkiah, it's very cumbersome to prohibit it and then exclude it. He says, no, because he says, why? Because Lo Lechtovach Amana Lo Yachel, Lo Be'elachem. Because if it, instead of saying, Lo Ye'achel, it said, Lo Tochlu, in the normal form, not in the Nif'al passive form of, it shall not be eaten, but in the active form of, do not eat it, according to Chizkiah, that doesn't imply ben, not benefiting. But Lo Ye'achel, the passive form, it shall not be eaten, implies a prohibition of Hana'ah as well. Prohibition of benefit. So why does the Torah use the specific form that includes a prohibition of benefit only to permit the benefit anyway? So he says, This is exactly my proof. In other words, he's saying, This exception proves my rule. Right here you see that Lo Achel is written, which would have included a prohibition of benefit, and therefore the Torah has to come and say, Lachem. In other words, that's where I got my idea from, from this case. Okay, very nice. So then, and he says, and, and, and he says, Because you see that the Torah says, And yet, Rabbi Yossi Aglili does not hold that Chametz is Asur Bahana'a. Okay, this is very, uh, he has a lot of unusual positions, and this is one of them. Right, so he says, it's not Asur Bahana'a, even though it says, Lo Yachel Chametz. Right, so what do you see from that? He says that not everybody would say what I'm saying. I'm learning from the case that says Lo Yachel Chametz, followed by Lachem, means that if you didn't have Lachem, Lo Yachel would mean that, um, that Chametz was uh, prohibited in benefit. But you see that, that not everybody agrees with that. In other words, I derive that concept from this case. But look, Rabbi Yosef Glili is not bothered by the fact that it says Lo Yachel Chametz. He still thinks it's not even prohibited in benefit. 
The Gemara says, no, 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 maybe, maybe that's not true. Maybe Rabbi Yossi really would say that any lo yeachel or lo tochlu even would include benefit. But the only thing is, shanei adam demakral velo yerael chaseor. It says, it shall not be seen to you. Lo yerael chaseor, seor shel chayehe. Meaning it still belongs to you. The lecha means that hana'a is allowed. Benefit is allowed. Oh, so we don't okay. sell our chametz anymore. Accord- no, you're still not allowed to own it. You're not allowed to own it. Oh, that has nothing to do with it. Oh, right. He's talking about benefiting. Oh, if you, how you benefit? I don't know. You rub. Uh, you rub it on your body. You but smell that, it. You. F- you no, you feed it to your dog. What do you mean? It doesn't have to belong to you. Let's say they have just. Uh, I don't have care. You find it and you give it to your dog or something like that. Yep. The rabbis say, no, the lecha doesn't mean that you're allowed to benefit from it. It means that you're not allowed to see it, means you're not allowed to have it around, but that's only yours. If it belongs to a non-Jew or belongs to Gavoah, belongs to the Beit HaMikdash, you're allowed to have it around. Ah, Vidach, what about Rabbi Yossi Aglili? He doesn't agree with that? He says you're not allowed to have around even chametz that doesn't belong to you? No, he'll say, it says it twice. It says that it actually says three times, right? But there's at least twice, right? Because it says first, um, uh, what's the pasuk that he quotes before? It has it twice, doesn't it? Um, right? It, it says it twice, right? So therefore, he's saying that one is to tell you you're allowed to benefit from it, and one is to tell you that you're only prohibited in own in having things on your property if they belong to you. Okay, so then they will say. We learned about this before. One is talking about a non-Jew that you have control over. One is talking about one that you don't have control over. In other words, you might think that, it, that true, if a non-Jew is just living around on your, in the same uh, neighborhood or the same property, but you have no control over him, then his chametz will not be a problem. But maybe you would think that if you have control, meaning he's under your uh, auspices, like your, your live-in, uh, uh, whatever, right? and, 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 they have, uh, and they have their own apartment and they have chametz, you might think, well, then I have to get rid of it because it's under my... No, you don't have to. Right? That's what the Chachamim are saying. But he, and so does Rabbi Yosei Glili disagree with that? No, he doesn't disagree at all. He'll say, It's actually three. There's actually three cases where it says... Uh, because one is uh, and then there's um, uh, there's another pasuk that uh, the third one is right? It's, 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 uh, I think it's in, in Dvarim, no? Uh, but anyway, yeah, he doesn't tell you where the pasuk is, but um, yeah, it's in Varim. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So anyway, so there's three. There's in there's three uh, psukim. So he has all three concepts. Number one, you're allowed to benefit from it. Number two, you're only not allowed to have it on your property if it belongs to you. And even a non-Jew that's under your auspices is allowed to have the non the, allowed to have the chametz on your property. No problem. Vidach. Okay. So what do the rabbis do with the third one? Chad or chad chametz The rabbis will say that no, you need two times because one is chametz and one is seor. Because you might say, on one hand, chametz is edible and seor is not edible, right? So you might say that when it comes to... Uh, so, so therefore, what will you say? That if you only had the pasuk about... It uh, says, You'll say, why is it so lenient that you're allowed to have chametz on your property that doesn't belong to you? Oh, that's only with seor because it's not... Uh, that's only with seor because it's not edible, right? Or you might say, why are you allowed to have... Um, why does it apply? He says, You might think that that, that seor, which is not really edible, so that's why it's more lenient. Uh, I, I'm sorry, that, you know, 
seor that's very strong in its chimutz, right? But chametz, you'll say it's allowed, right? You'll say that, that the reason why you're not allowed to have it is because... Uh, is because it's uh, is because it's so strong, but chametz is not. So, but it says, but uh, on the other hand, if it said chametz, that's because it's edible. So you might have thought that there's no problem in owning seor because it's not edible. In other words, on one hand, you might say it's a sour. It's a it's a starter dough. It's very very strong dough. It's not the thing that they use the powder they use for what's No, that's it's not a powder. It's it's a type of dough. It's talking about a type of dough that's used. It's like they call it a starter dough. Basically, it's so leavened that they put it in another dough and it stimulates the leavening of an other dough. From also no, from other other dough, but they just they make it. They leave it a long, long time, so it's not. So it's a very, very strong chimutz. So in the so it's uh, so. On one hand, you might say there's a more there's a greater stringency. Maybe that's why I was telling you you're not allowed to own that because it's so powerfully uh, it's so powerful of a chametz. But regular chametz you could own it, or maybe the other way around. Regular chametz you can't own it because it's edible. This you're not going to eat it, so it's okay. So so therefore it has to tell you both. Okay, but we're not going to go and say that one of these lecha. Psukim is coming to tell you that you're allowed to, uh, that you're allowed to benefit from chametz, according to the rabbis. Only according to Rabbi Yosef Aglili. So in the end, we don't have a way to show definitively that whether, when the Torah says not to eat something, it includes benefit or not. The argument between Chizkiah and Rabbi Abba was still going on. And even Lo Yeachel, you see that, uh, he, he, you know, either way, Rabbi Yosef Aglili has to bring other psukim to, to defend his position um, even though it says lo yeachel, but that could be, you know, according to Rabbi Abahu, that's obvious why, because anytime it says achila, it's also including hana'ah. According to Chizkiah, lo yachil should have also included, but he's saying since Rabbi Abahu didn't see what he saw, therefore he didn't think that lo yachil necessarily implied a prohibition of hana'ah. But the Gemara is saying, no, he did think it implied a prohibition of hana'ah. He had a way to get out of it. He had a way to get out of it. Okay, now the, now the Gemara goes on. Maybe this whole thing is a machloket tanaim. This whole question of whether achilah includes hana'ah is a, is a machloket tanaim goes even further back. Because Rabbi Abau and Chizkiah are amoraim, they're later. Okay, they're, they're looking at these rabbis before that. So it says, That's talking about It says that you can take chelev of nevelah or trefa and you're allowed to use it for any work, meaning it doesn't have the tum'av nevelah either. Okay, obviously you can't eat it because it comes from a nevela or a trefa. A trefa is not tame. A trefa just means that, you, you know, if you slaughter it properly, then you find out it was a trefa. It had uh, problems with its organs or whatever. It's not tame. But, the, right, a nevela would be tame. But the, but the chelev is not. Okay? You, the can, fa- you can light the Nerot Shabbat with that? I guess if you want to. I don't know if it would be the best yeah, oil. But yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it says, why does it say you're allowed to do any work with it? Because you might have thought that what is the Torah allowing you when it says, what is it adding? Because you might have thought that when the Torah allows you to use the fats, maybe it's only for things in the Beit HaMikdash. I mean, it's, uh, why? Because in the, in the Beit HaMikdash, they use chelev also on the Mizbeach. Right? Not, you're not allowed to eat chelev ever. Not even from a kosher animal. 
You're not even right, you're not allowed, the chilev is the part that usually goes on the mizbeach. Saying maybe you could from a nevela you're allowed to use it for the bet mikdash. Maybe a regular person though can't use it. So for everything, right? So that's what it's telling you. saying the chidush is that you're allowed to use it for your own melacha. They would use it to like grease things and grease skin and leather and stuff like that or whatever they did. Okay, so you're allowed to use it. That's what it's telling you. Rabbi Akiva says, no, the opposite. You might have thought that you're only allowed to use these fats for your personal use. But for the Beit HaMikdash, you're not supposed to use it. It's Tamei. It comes from Nevela. It says, no, for everything. So interesting. Rabbi Yosei is, is saying, Rabbi Yosei is saying that for the Chelev, the Chelev of Nevela, it would be more likely that it would be permitted for the Beit HaMikdash and not for you. The Pasuk is coming to tell you it's allowed for you. And Rabbi Akiva says, no, the other way around. It's more likely that the Torah would say it's allowed for you, but don't bring it into the Beit HaMikdash. And now the Chidush is, even for the Beit HaMikdash. Okay, now how does this connect? What? Maybe, yeah. Oh, you mean that they made it out of? Yeah, yeah that's true. That's not what they're talking about. They're specifically talking about chilev, because it's always talking about chilev in the pasuk. Okay. So yeah. So yeah. So now he says no. That for sure. Nobody says you have to only use skin of a kosher animal. For sure not. Yeah. So what does Rabbi Yosi say? Rabbi Yosi says you need a pasuk for tuman tarah. In other words, you would have thought. Right, you, you don't need a pasuk rather for tumah v'tarah. Meaning, when do you need a when do you need a pasuk to allow the individual to benefit from it? If they're doing something for the Beit Hamikdash, of course they could use the chelav. He's saying, even though it comes from nevela. And Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, no, for you to use it yourself, that's obvious. Why shouldn't you be able to use it? Right? When do you need a pasuk to tell you you can use it for the Beit Hamikdash? Now, what? How is this going to connect to our argument? We turn to Amud Bet. My love, Here's the machloket here. The Rebbe Yosei Agilili Savar Lat Lo Tochilu Majma Ben Yisrael Chila Ben Yisrael Hanaa. That what does Rebbe Yosei Agilili say? He says when it says Lo Tochilu that you can't eat the chelav. It means to include both not eating it and not benefiting. And therefore Vachiatakalim Misharial in Vela Bahanaa Udata. And therefore there wouldn't be any issue with you using it for the Beit Hamikdash because that's not your personal benefit. But you need a pasuk to tell you that you're allowed to use it for your personal benefit because otherwise you would assume that Lo Tochilu Vachol Lo Tochilu means you can't eat it. Means you can't personally benefit from it. You need a special hetel to benefit from it yourself. But lechol melacha, when it says you can do it for any melacha, it means lemlechet hakodesh. It means for the Beit Hamikdash. However, Rabbi Akiva says, Rabbi Akiva will say that no, when it says that you're not allowed to eat chilev, nobody would have ever thought that you couldn't benefit from it. It's obvious you could benefit from it. So when the pasuk comes to tell you you can do, you can use this fat for any melacha it's coming to tell you that you're allowed to use it even for the Beit Hamikdash. In other words, it's connecting the argument here to our previous argument. It's saying that maybe Rabbi Yosei Aglili. His position is like Rabbi Abahu. He's saying that when it says you cannot eat the chilev that comes from a nevela, it's telling you you can't eat it and you can't benefit from it. 
So what would you assume when it says you can do melacha with it? Oh, maybe for the Beit HaMikdash, but not for you personally. Along comes the Vasuk, Lechol melacha, for any melacha, and it means even for me personally. But normally I would assume that Achol lo tochluhu, not eating it means you can't, not benefiting. Rabbi Akiva says the opposite. It says don't eat it. That means I'm allowed to benefit from it. I would never think that I couldn't benefit from it. Right? So then what might you think is the limit? But maybe I shouldn't use it for the Beit HaMikdash, because that's like rude. I'm taking from a dead animal. I don't know. Right? So to, it's, you might think it has a tumat nevela, some element of tumat nevela. says, no. There, that's what the pasuk, lechol melacha, any melacha, even for the Beit HaMikdash. So it, it would connect to Rabbi Abao and Rechizka. It says, no, not necessarily. Of course, after we work out all that, it doesn't work. Everybody could agree with Rabbi with, with Rabbi Abahu here. Because Rabbi Yosei is saying that when Nevela was permitted, when we saw that Nevela was allowed for uh, benefit, because we know that the Nevela you're allowed to give it to the non-Jew, you're allowed to give it to the Ger Toshav and all that, that was only the meat that didn't include the Gid HaNasheh, that didn't include the Chelev, didn't include anything, only the meat. So then when the Pasuk comes to permit things, it's going to come to permit benefit because it because that license wasn't extended to the Chelev, it was only extended to the meat. And according to Rabbi Akiva, when the Torah permits you to benefit from Nevela, it means the whole thing. And the whole thing means including the Chelev and everything else. And so therefore you would be allowed to use it for your personal use. The Chidush of the Torah is that you're allowed to also use it for the Beit HaMikdash. In other words, they're kind of going in opposite directions here, but they both would agree according to this. Arguably, you could say, right, that they both agree that... Um, that uh, and then right and then v'chiyit zorich kal letumah v'tara right that's the end of his, his statement but the point is that um, that uh, that uh, according to this both of them could agree that when you're told not to eat something it would include not benefiting but the only thing is we're talking about nevelah here and we already know that Torah says nevelah you're allowed to give to a non-Jew the question is what was the extent of that permission so Rabbi Rabbi Yosei Aglili is saying the extent of the permission was only for the meat but the other things not and this pasuk is coming to tell you that the other that the chelev also is permitted for your benefit and that's a new chidush right and therefore you're allowed to it would be obvious that you could use it for the Beit HaMikdash because it's not your benefit it's coming to tell you you're allowed to use it Rabbi Akiva is saying no True that when it when the Torah originally said don't eat nevela that would have included benefiting also you're not allowed to benefit from it but the Torah already told you you can give it to a non Jew and that means that the whole thing is permitted okay and therefore so here when the Torah tells you that you're allowed to use the chelev what is it adding then since we already know that the whole thing is permitted and benefit oh the answer is it's adding even for the Beit Hamikdash okay now for Rabbi Yosei Glili Ashkechan Chelev but according to Rabbi Yosei Glili we have one problem. This pasuk is only talking about chelev. In other words, according to Rabbi Akiva, you're telling me that when the Torah permitted you to use an avelat, meant whatever you want. The whole thing. Okay? But you're saying Rabbi Yosek Lili said no. And we need this pasuk to tell you that chelev is allowed. Okay? From a nevela. So then, that only is chelev. But elagid ne'mad asur. But what about the gid and There's no pasuk saying you can benefit from the gid and nashev nevela. So it says, ah, yibayt emahachiyami. Dasur. One possibility is that you're right. Rabbi Yosei Aglili never said you could benefit from the Gid and Asheh of a Nevelah. Maybe he would say you can't. How do you know that you can? Ibayit ema, maitela bakal v'chomer. Alternatively, maybe he'll say a kal v'chomer. Uma chelev shanush kawhet mutar If you see that the chelev, the Torah allows you to benefit from the chelev of a Nevelah, even though chelev is isur karet, 
Right? Normally it's a Yisrael Karet to eat Chelev. But Gid, Sheino Anush Karet, but the Gid Anashev, where there's no punishment of Karet, certainly if the Torah is allowing you to benefit from the Chelev of a Nevela, it also means to also allow you to benefit from the Gid Anashev, the Nevela, since it's a lesser prohibition. Rabbi Shimon, the Asar. And what about Rabbi Shimon? We learned before that Rabbi Shimon says that the Gid Anashev is a Surbana'a. Right? Why? Because he said Gid Anashev is not really part of the meat of the Nevela. So when the meat of the Nevelah was permitted, it didn't include the Gid Anashe. So therefore, what is he going to say? Right? Rabbi Shimon will say, you can't make a Kalvachomer from Chelev to Gid Anashe. Why? You want to look only at one dimension of it. You're looking just at the punishment. Chelev is a stricter punishment. Gid Anashe is a more lenient punishment. But there's another aspect to it. Chelev has a leniency, which is in a Chaya... There is no prohibition of chilev, yeah. right? A deer, whatever. There's no prohibition of chilev, right? So, uh, but there's no permission to eat the gid and a So you see that, you, that it's not so clear that chilev is always stricter than uh, than gid and Some cases gid and is more strict. Okay, and what will what will Rabbi Yosei potentially answer that? We're talking about an animals, not chayot, but miat la We never have a case where chilev is permitted in an animal. And yet we do, so therefore we say, within the framework of behemot, we could make a kalvachomer and say, if the Torah is telling you that the chelev of the nevelah is permitted, and that is an isur karet, not permitted, but permitted in, in benefit, certainly the gid anashe will be permitted. Michdi, but let's see. At the end of the day, after all of this, what is the point of everything we just did the last three dapim? Rabbi Abba and Chizkiah are arguing about whether a pasuk, a pasuk that says not to eat means bahana'a, right? What do they, at bottom line, what are the two cases where they actually disagreed? When it comes to chametz on Pesach, according to the rabbis, or when it comes to the stoned ox, okay? Now, in, in those cases, the only difference between them even there is where they derive it from. Because Chizkiah will tell you that we derive it from the Pasuk, Lo yeachel, It shall not be eaten. And Rabbi Abahu said that the way that we know that it's prohibited to benefit is because from the fact that the Torah exempts us from the prohibition of benefiting when it comes to Nevelah, the implication is that everything else you're that everything else you're not allowed to benefit from, right? So, in other words, the only difference between them is that the word lo yachel is used in chametz and lo yachel is used in shoran iskal in the passive form. And Chizkiah says that includes not benefiting. And Rabbi Abahu comes along and says no, from the fact that the Torah had to permit you to benefit from nevelah by giving it to the non-Jew, that shows you that in all other cases the default assumption is that you're not allowed to benefit. But basically they agree because in every single case that there, it said not to eat something, Chizkiah had a source why you weren't allowed to benefit from it. And in every single case where, the, where, where, uh, where you are allowed to benefit from something, Rabbi Abahu had an exemption. So they all worked out in the end to be the same result. So Mechdi ben lemor, ben lemor asurin bahana'ah. So at the end of the day, though, everybody agreed on every single case, including these. What is prohibited in benefit and what is it? So therefore, my benayu, what's the real machloket? Ika benayu, chulin shen shechatu 
The one case where they actually had a halachic di- difference was if you slaughter non-sacred animals in the Beit HaMikdash. As we learned before, that Rabbi, Rabbi, that Chizkiah would say the prohibition of benefit is from the word lo yachel in the two cases that we saw. Chametz and the straw on the skull, the stoned ox. We're not talking about an ox that went to Woodstock. Okay, we're talking about one that was the rocks were thrown at it, right? Now, that's, that's, th- th- those two cases lo yachel. And then, uh, when it comes to if somebody slaughtered non-sacred animals in the Beit HaMikdash because it says oto because it says about trefa lakelev tashlichun oto oto tamashlich hakelev meaning that, that that's what he learned from trefa verbi abau savar oto limautei hani chulich shchatu bazora lav deoraiteninu Rabbi Abba says, no, the word oto lakelev tashlichun oto comes to tell you that in every other case Right? You're not allowed to benefit. You're only allowed to benefit from Trefa, and you're allowed to benefit from Nevela. It's to strengthen his case that every other case, every other situation, you're not allowed to benefit from something that you're not allowed to eat. But Chulin Shin Shchatu he doesn't need a Pasuk because he says, Lav Deoraitahi, meaning that, um, that, uh, uh, that it's going to. Um, that, that either that the prohibition on benefit is not the right or that the whole thing is not the right that's in the machlok and I think Rashi says that, that the prohibition on benefit is not the right but you'll see here that Rashi says that Rabbi Abau has two possible ways of learning from uh, learning that the prohibition of benefit is included in the prohibition of eating one is remember Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda argued when the Torah says you should give it to the Nukhri you should sell it to the Nukhri you should give it to the Ger right, right? the Ger Toshav so according to if you hold like Rabbi Meir that it's telling you uh, it's, 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 you can do either way right so that means it's just basically telling you you're allowed to benefit from it okay but if you say like Rabbi Yehuda, that it's telling you a specific instruction, so you can't really generalize from that to other things. So then lakelev tashlichun oto will be needed to show you that, uh, that, that, that benefit is generally prohibited. Because you could say, well, Rabbi Yehuda over there wasn't saying that benefit, anything about benefit in general. He was giving you specific instructions about nevela. He wasn't making a general statement. You can't draw a general conclusion from. So Rashi here says, says Because from the fact that Rabbi Meir said that you're allowed to benefit from these items, that means to say that um, normally you aren't allowed to benefit from things that you're supposed to eat, that you're not allowed to eat, right? But he doesn't care about the difference in the language. But if you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, then you're going to need the case of the Trefa to teach you that uh, that only the Trefa is allowed to be benefited from, but other things not. Because you wouldn't be able to generalize because you could say that, oh, in Nevelat, it's not telling you anything that, 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 pro, that generally things that you're not allowed to eat, you're not allowed to benefit from. It's just saying in the case of Nevelat, you should give it to this one, you should give it to that one. Maybe other things you're allowed to benefit from too. So therefore you need lakelev tashlichunoto. But once you take away the pe- pasuk of lakelev tashlichunoto, so then you can't show that uh, animals that are slaughtered in the Beit HaMikdash and are not korbanot or asur bahana abu, because you don't have that pasuk anymore to prove it. So therefore you would have, that's why Rabbi Yabao would have to fall back and say it's not deoraita and that's, a, that, that's where they're going to disagree. Okay, but it's interesting and actually the halacha generally follows Rabbi Yabao here. 
that we assume as a default, like the Rambam codifies that uh, the halacha is that we generally assume that any time it says not to eat something, includes uh, it, it would include not benefiting from it unless uh, you're notified otherwise. Which is very interesting because there are cases where we have a special limud that you're not allowed to benefit from things like, for example, basab chalav. And there's a whole question, you know, why, so why there do you need extra limud and extra derivations and so on? It's an interesting discussion.